0: Hi everyone. Today we have a guest here on the podcast. Teresa, please introduce her. Yes.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, um, thank you, for this Game. So, yes, I'd like to introduce um, Claudia C. Um, she is an immigrant, and she has been follow- She has immigrated to the United States in 1991, and she feels that she can relate to a lot of um, Sam's family's experiences, most notably the immigration experience that Levin Riza had experienced uh, when arriving in America. And she's also been following Sam's story all these years, and she's quite enjoyed Sam's character growth and development. And she feels that many of his assimilation experiences, or rather the resistance and struggle thereof and within, uh, she feels that many of the themes, many of the experiences, uh, she can relate to and many other um, you know immigrants can you know despite the time gap you know despite like it being you know 19 you know early of early of 20th century that there are many themes and problems that still persist um with the immigrant experience in coming uh to north america and so this is claudia c and uh she's a very remarkable woman and uh she has a very remarkable um Experiences to share that relate to Sam's experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming here today, Claudia.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Um, um, uh, I like to uh to have my how uh, can I, have to, I to say to to tell my experience when I came to this country in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, it was a big big shock came the language you know it was one of the biggest you know barriers there you know the language because i couldn't speak enough english and you know and it was it took me a long time to learn english and i'm still learning english <laughs> you know and uh and um it, it was it was everything was completely different it's everything new you are unfamiliar with the with everything, you know, and you have to learn everything. Like you are starting from kindergarten, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah it is very scary isn't it you know everything's so different and sometimes you feel like you're not learning fast enough to keep track of everything because not only do you have to learn the language you have to learn how society functions you know you have to learn how to talk to people because the manner the manners may be different right or how people communicate might be very different so you know interpersonal communication is very different after immigration and maybe even like your expectations you know did you think that your expectations became very different after you came to America versus what you thought America was back in Honduras?
2: Yes, uh, I haven't. Uh, I, when I came here, I found out that uh, everything was wrong. What the uh, people talk about, you know, come to America. I, I thought that, that, you know, we have the uh, opportunities and and you know all those kind of dreams that every person had, you know. And uh, I found out that everything is different. Uh, you have to start from from the bottom, you know. And you have to learn English. You have to adapt to the weather, adapt to the peoples, and and everything, you know. And it's been a even it's been a you know. Like a school for me, you know. mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: What was the hardest part about adjusting to America?
2: I would say the language, number one. And number two, to to understand the mentality of, of the people, you know, because they, they, they react they have different reactions to 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 when when you ask a question or something, you know they don't they think that, that that they that you don't know anything, you know, that you are, you know, like an ignorant, friend, you know, and that you know you it's it's, it's very hard to explain it, but that's how I felt then, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of negative assumptions about people in America. And sometimes they are kind of rude, you know, people in America and in other countries like to hide behind, you know, this wall of civility and become like, they like to pretend they're very well-educated and very, you know, nice to people. But in reality, the more you talk to them, the more their ignorance comes out sometimes.
2: Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I experience that a
1: lot. Yes. There's many experiences <laughs> oh. that you could talk about when dealing with um, the, uh, the how do i say the anti-social tendencies yeah mm-hmm. um maybe maybe you could um sort of expand on how communities are different
2: from honduras yeah a, a compar- comparison for example um uh we communicate a lot in the, in the latin war you know in my, my world we are a very uh we help each other you know in uh you you know your neighbor you know and you know their names how many children's that you know that person had or anything you know what kind of job they had or even at what time they come back from work and things like that you know and uh and here i don't even know who live next to mm-hmm. next to you know i see cars parked in the parking lot i don't know who who those cars belongs to, you know, and I say, but uh, w- what kind of society is that you don't know who's who, is who, right? You know, and
1: there's like more selfishness and more material. selfishness,
2: yes, and and everything is about money, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Honduras, we don't, we don't. I remember we didn't have that, and you know, everything is about, you know, I can help you, if you help me. When I'm in trouble, and that's how I, I, I live all my life. And I came here, people don't even see it in your face when, when you, you know
1: it's like they don't, they have no humanity. No, yeah,
0: yeah, I think people in america might be more protective of themselves also they're more paranoid about other people so this is why they don't open up and this is why they're so closed maybe because they don't feel like there's any need to open up you know people in america may be socialized to believe that they're okay with just their family and like the friends they know they don't need to expand beyond anyone else And they just go home after work i think this is really pandemic especially to north america because i can also make a point of comparison i would say that north america really encourages this kind of isolation because of how spread out everything is you know in a place where everything's closer together and you don't have to drive an hour to buy groceries or something like that Mm -hmm. people will probably talk more But in America, Canada, and parts of Australia, where you have to drive really long distances just to do something basic, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just waste all your time basically in the car. So this makes people very tired when they go home after work and they don't have time to socialize with anyone except for play video games and Netflix, which basically leads to a cycle of being isolated and just not getting to know any new people. I think that's what a lot of people in America and a lot of other countries that are really spread out. You know, even Australia and New Zealand have this issue where people just aren't talking to anyone because everything's so spread out. And it takes time and money and energy to get out of the house just to do something really simple.
2: Really simple, yeah. I agree with Amanda, yeah. Because I just, uh, when I was a teenager, I remember just to go into the market. It wasn't a big deal. You just go and get your vegetables and it took 20 minutes and go back home. And that was it. And we we went to the market almost every day. And here, go to a market or supermarket, oh my God, you gotta take two or three hours to get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that in America, I'm not going to overgeneralize. It really depends on where you live. 90% of America is suburban or rural, so you're going to get that. But for people living in New York City, it might be different, you know, because people in New York City often don't have to drive cars. A lot of them just take the taxi, or they walk, or they take the subway. So I think maybe they have a different experience, right? So we can't say all of America It's just most of America.
2: Most of America, yeah, I agree with you. And- and um, it's a it's a very complex, uh, you know, situation. You know, where where you wanna where you where you wanna have uh, some kind of uh, communication with people, but they don't let it, let you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like they are afraid to, to say hi or good morning or anything like that. You know, and you feel like very isolated. You know, you 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 allow to do this. We do the same thing too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And I think it also changes one's personality because the longer you're in a situation like this, it becomes normal. So you start thinking that this is normal and then you don't behave the way you used to do anymore. So you become more quiet and more isolated over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that a lot of immigrants in general feel very isolated because, you know, especially they don't really have anything except for their immigrant community, right? Fortunately, in Sammy, New York, um, there's a huge Eastern European Jewish community that speaks Yiddish there and they have a Yiddish theater, so they don't have that much of a problem. But for people who are from a really smaller ethnic group that doesn't have this community, it can be very isolating. They don't fit in anywhere, not with the quote unquote white mainstream or with other ethnic communities. So they don't really know what to do and they kind of feel lost and isolated, because I think I noticed that in a lot of countries like America, Canada, Australia, um, the pattern of immigration is so that every type of immigrant is with another type of immigrant. So basically, it's like really like an enclave, like there's a billion ethnic enclaves. And if you don't fit into any of them, how are you going to socialize because you don't fit in the white mainstream or with any of the established immigrant communities for example if you're from like moldavia and everyone around you is indian or chinese or like you know from latin america you're not going to fit in as a moldavian
2: yeah yeah because i wouldn't in my situation you know i wouldn't i wouldn't go for that you know because i'm hispanic so you're right yeah yeah
1: hmm.
0: So I think immigration is something that, you know, creates a lot of challenges, not only in terms of language and like, you know, getting used to how people communicate in the other country, but also, you know, expectations change for example most immigrants don't expect that going to another country will change how they socialize with people and how many friends they have but some people who used to be very sociable in one country after you move to another basically become very isolated and they don't really talk to anyone outside of their kids or you know their spouse and like maybe two or three friends yeah and so
1: how how would you would, would you agree with that and I mean what would you add to your experience like what would you input of your experience
2: well i would say that uh, I, I feel the same way mm-hmm. you know I feel isolated and you know i don't I don't find people, they 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 speak my own language
1: mm-hmm.
2: or so even what we well you know the Spanish peoples eat you know the foods and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't find it here, you know,
0: so Mm -hmm. I, I I feel isolated, you know, somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 How do you find, um, you know, for example, Hispanic culture in the U.S. differs from, you know, culture in Honduras? Do you feel that Hispanic culture in the U.S. is authentic, or do you think it's a little bit sensationalized and stereotyped by the media?
2: I believe the media. Trying to tell us that you you gotta speak English, and know, Spanish, and uh, that you gotta be a, you know, you gotta be a part of their American culture, and uh, not to uh, uh, forget about who you are, your identity, 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 identity mm-hmm. is practically they wanna erase it, you know, they don't wanna, mm-hmm. they wanna, they don't wanna hear about you who you are yeah and um uh, what about I, the stereotypes the stereotype, oh yes that's the thing about the you know this you know for example um they say they celebrate uh, yeah,
1: muertes. uh Dia de las
2: muertes, you know or cinco de mayo uh yes uh, yes we do have that it's part of the latin culture but it's it's just for some Pe- people,
1: for example, Cinco de Mayo is for, for, for people in Mexico. In Mexico mm-hmm. But Honduras has its own independence day, exactly. which is you can explain. Yeah,
2: uh, we don't celebrate cinco de mayo and oh Dia de las Muertes. Dia de las Muertes is, is, a, is a completely different way to do it down
1: there in right. Central America. It, and and like in like in Honduras, you have your own tradition, so yeah. it's not like, like cocoa, no. which I know that
2: that's not true <laughs> I, I never
1: I never saw that in my country no no, no. and also you have no. different things like you don't have off of friendas you don't no. it's a very different thing like yeah, I think you explained it yeah would you like to share about a tradition your grandmother had for November 1st for
2: November 1st I used I remember my grandmother used to go to the cemetery and decorate uh, all her you know her dead relatives you know uh, um, Tombstones, you know, mm-hmm. with the flowers, and she, she even brought a picnic, you know, because we, we were little, you know, and that was the tradition for November 1st.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But in Mexico, they do it in a different way,
1: right, with you know, all the lavish, the lavish
2: way, and fireworks, and you know, and not that I'm criticizing, but I mean.
1: It's, it's, it's different, different. You, you can't know? generalize you can
2: generalize because we are
1: every every in other words every country is different and food too like food I, I had explained um yeah. to her that yeah um food you know when people think of latin food they think of all the spicy stuff but if you <laughs> would like to give the input of honduran food how is honduran food unique from like the, like say comparison to mexican yeah food? for example mexico is based on hot spices mm-hmm.
2: I never ate hot spices in my whole life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know in Honduras, we don't eat that mm-hmm. everything is based more in sweetened things, you know and salt- salty mm-hmm. yeah, and they try to tell us that we are to eat hot spices that we already read, read uh, <laughs> hot papers I never stuff. ate one in my whole life, mm-hmm. so this is not true. no whole hispanics
1: we are the same right mm-hmm. right no. and also um things like approach to things or mm-hmm. you know stereotypes like not everyone is you know like Antonio Banderas flamenco oh Bandido. yeah <laughs> they're,
2: they're all based in Spain and that the, the we dance the flamingo and the toros fights and all that whatever you call it yeah, that. yeah, totally. but that's in Mexico and Spain you know and, and and Honduras has its own traditions and its own music <laughs> and dance and everything yeah. and uh, uh, they say, oh, uh, you know, when they say the toreros and all that, and my granny used to tell us, that's a crime, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, you know, we, I don't, I never saw a, 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 bullfight. a, a bullfight, you right. know, never in mm-hmm. my whole life.
1: Yeah.
2: And they try to t- tell us that, yes, we are like a cookie cutter, you know, we, yes, we exactly. are exactly in the same way, and that's where we are. Right. No,
1: I mean I yeah. think you had an experience where um a person had said about uh, you know why weren't you doing this or why weren't you wearing this?
2: Oh yeah, when was that? I, uh, I, I believe it
1: no, that I believe that was when I was very young and we were attending certain social events. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh she asked me, she came over. I
2: was sitting there on the table with another children, you I remember. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, "Oh, are you? You know, his wife, you know, my husband. He gave my name." And she said, "Oh, but are you? Don't you eat tortillas in your house? Don't you eat uh, beans?" And I just turned around, you know, (laughs) and I said, "And she said, but I thought you don't you don't you wear red and and green colors." And I I I felt offended, you know, because. you know,
1: Do you remember what she said about yeah. the going to the store that one store, yeah. And he
2: said, But oh, but you know what? She said, We have a store and it is especially just for people like you. <laughs> it's a Mexican store
1: that's sold like, oh. that Goya stuff, which I know you hate Goya so and much. Then, you know? I hate
2: Goya, you know, because I don't need that stuff. And she said, But you will be welcome, and there is a van who take you over there in case you don't know where it is. And I just look at her, I just want <laughs> to knock
1: yes. you know.
2: <laughs> and I, you know, she, I don't think she realized that she offended me. I, I suppose she had good intentions. Intention, but
1: uh, but thank, thank
2: you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. And, you know, I felt so, so weird at that moment that I I, I didn't know what to say to her.
1: I I, I do remember, um, I think I was 10 at the time, I, I remember mm. you were... Uh, how do I say it? it was very awkward from that moment, especially <laughs> yeah. since that was the woman Woman, uh, I was playing with her kid and we had to do like this activity together. Yeah,
2: I know. It
1: was kind of painful. I remember.
2: And then she said to me, oh, well, oh, you have a black hair, but I, don't you wear those braids? And I say, no, I don't wear braids. Oh, she said. But it's like a. she knew what she was asking me, but at the same time she was Pretending she I don't know, she didn't want to hurt me or something like that. Very but very, you know, condescending. Mm-hmm. I felt I didn't want to go back there again. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I agree. I mean in America and in, in I think especially American media, right? It seems like a lot of cultures are definitely overgeneralized. I mm-hmm. mean Yes, especially non-white cultures. But I would say even white culture in America is generalized, right? And it's not like not all white people are like that. But in America, they're like, you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic, etc. Right. They make these huge generalizations based on someone and what they look like. But there's so much variation within each group. And, And I would say that each of these groups are actually kind of artificial because, you know, Black, yes. Most people in America who are Black are descended from, you know, the slaves who were brought to America by force. But then there's also, you know, the Black American community that's descended from, you know, for example, Nigerian immigrants, right? So that's also a little bit of a different experience. And, you know, for example, in the Hispanic community, like we said, we have, you know, people like you, Honduran, and then we have Mexican-American, we have, you know, Chicano, who are like, you know, the Texan Mexicans who have been there for like five generations and they're very Americanized and they're also considered Hispanic I believe in America despite being in America for so long right
2: yes they are considered Hispanic yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. so
1: how how would you compare um like the Texicano experience to like say Mexican or Honduras you know what I mean or, or just Latin America in general
2: I would say that the uh, people that they, they live in Texas—they are born in Texas—and but their parents came
1: from. Mexico. Well, they might have lived there for generations. For Generation.
2: I think they are—they don't speak Spanish anymore.
1: No, no, many of them. Some are very them, limited. Some
2: of them—they don't wanna—they don't wanna speak Spanish, or they wanna learn the American ways. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point that they don't even know who they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we get that confusion, you know. Right. Yeah, right. that You know, people don't know who really are. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because we try to pretend that...
1: So it's a, it's a cultural know, loss. A cultural yes. loss, yeah. And, and do you feel like it's... Do you feel like people are compelled to let go of their cultures because there's no community to sustain it? <laughs> yeah, I believe that's what it is. There's no... There is no support
2: there, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go to somewhere where you can, you know, have friends that they speak the same language, or you know, spend time with, you know, with the same children. You know, they speak in the same language right. or anything. You know,
1: yes. and
2: that's what is it, it's, it's disappearing. You know, it's like a, it's fading away. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, would you would you say would you say that this is a very negative experience? yeah I would say it is yeah yeah and yeah. so you recently have been on a journey of reclaiming you know your identity, so to speak uh, what are some of the things that you've been doing to do it? you know like I mean uh, like in the past year or so like to sort of revitalize that identity mm. I've been
2: doing um, for example, I for almost I would say 30 years. Mm-hmm. I uh, I forgot how the how Honduras look alike.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I
2: mean the the geography, right, you know that and I got my books out, you know, remember? I, yes, I remember and that. And I started to read it and I thought, oh my gosh, yes, I remember this place when I went that mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Right. And I remember the gold mines and mm-hmm. all that. And you forgot all that because you know, you you lose touch with you touch with everything. And I've been doing that. And we are speaking more Spanish, right? Yes, yes, me, yes, you know? yes, yes we, are, yeah. we are speaking a lot of Spanish. Mm-hmm. And um, the other day, I don't know why, but I, I, I asked you if if I can get those. Uh, the 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 telenovelas. and we are going to
1: find them <laughs> yeah. more on Amazon Prime because yeah. YouTube is being yeah. very terrible about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, darn telemundo <laughs>
2: <laughs> They are not my, you know, they, yeah. you know, too. because um,
1: uh. we were getting into other um, seri- TV series. Oh, it's so lovely, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: With <laughs> yeah. the Russian ones.
1: Oh, yeah, because, it. oh, yeah, because we, it, it um. Well, we got into it for a very shallow reason, but now we like it for deeper reasons. deeper reasons, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we both have a crush on that one guy. Yeah, right?
2: not only the crush, but the, the way they uh, tell the story. tell these stories, and uh, they're more real. Yes, you know, they they, yeah.
1: they even even telenovelas <laughs> are real, even though they are exaggerated a little <laughs> bit <laughs> in the old Spanish tradition. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, foreign uh, foreign serials. Please watch them, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but yes, um, and I think you've also been revisiting literature. You've been mm-hmm. reading Neruda. Um, you know Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh yes, you know? I love his his uh, his books. Yes, big Marquez fan. I used to
2: have his collection.
1: Right, and, and, and we're and we're. Uh, and and you've begun reading it again. Oh yes, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a wonderful uh, uh, poetry, poetry, poetry too. Like, you know, for example, um, Neruda, and I think that's why you were liking Mayakovsky because uh-huh. Neruda reminded <laughs> you of Mayakovsky. Oh yes, but Neruda is more gentle. More than gentle yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Mayakovsky like oh, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah but, uh, but I really like that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: and um. I think we were also discussing too how some of like you were you were you were also doing criticism mm-hmm. of certain poetry like how difficult Marty is Marty's poetry. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, he is a poet, uh, Marty, yeah. I forget his full name. What was his Jose name? Jose, Jose Marti and a very difficult poet. Um, yeah. Some people go gog over him, but <laughs> Mom thinks he's way too he's super, too pretentious. He's super pretentious, and mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a cultural loss as you know as we were talking about you know the text the Mexicans in Texas who have been there for like five generations, right? And like we said, you know, my series also tackles a little bit about identity and the loss of identity over generations in a similar vein to that. Cuz I was reading some things on the internet about why some of these people who have been in America for many generations they never learned Spanish because they were pressured to assimilate, especially like, you know, 100 years ago, kind of similar to Sam's family. You know, people were saying, if you don't speak English at home, your your kids are not going to be able to succeed at school. You know, if you become too Mexican or like you celebrate too many holidays that aren't quote American, your kids are are going to get bullied and you're, they're not going to have friends. Right. So then some of them changed their last names. They, they, just became as Americanized, or we should say wasp, as possible, and basically just watered down their own roots. And as we talked about yesterday with Andre, you know, Teresa's character, he had to do that, but it was for a different reason. It was for a much more political and physically dangerous reason because he wanted to protect his kids, and he was a Cossack. And in the Soviet Union, being a Cossack was a very dangerous thing, especially since, you know, They were deemed to be anti-revolutionary so that's a little bit different and much more dangerous than the more subtle kind of assimilation that we see here in the u.s especially well not here in the u.s but like you guys in the u.s um basically you know this idea that it's not pushed right at you You no there's no gun pointed at your head like you know andre had a gun pointed to his head unfortunately but it's there it's in the media people are always seeing it around you the media is definitely a large factor, I would say. You know, people are always, you know, in the media, you always get the feeling that, you know, if you speak English, you're kind of superior and you have to speak like, quote unquote, accentless English and just sound like white when you're on the yeah. phone. Because if you don't sound white on the phone and you sound too, quote, ethnic, then people think, oh, you're not American. You know, why should we hire you? You know, we should hire an American. Because they have this idea in their head of what an American looks and sounds like which is very unfortunate because America was originally very diverse and multicultural, but because of these ideas of Anglo-Saxon superiority and English being the superior language that really forces people to let go of their heritage because of how the media just portrays cultures that are not English speaking as basically inferior. And this is something that Sam and his family has to put up with and Well, Lev and Sam are pretty much firebrands. They really don't like this idea. So basically they're just like sticking up a middle finger and saying, you know, America, we're not gonna put up with this. I don't have a problem living in America, you know? I think America has a lot of good things to offer. But at the same time, we are not okay with this idea that speaking Yiddish is a bad thing and we need to become fake wasps, right? This is something that we can't stand for and we think it's against our ethical standards. Because as we will learn, Lev is someone who cares a lot about ethical standards and morals. And he thinks this kind of coercion, even though they're not pointing a gun directly at him, is pretty damn bad.
1: Then, and would you feel that you had the pressure to let go of your cultural things, for example, passing it down to me? That's why you were reluctant to pass these things down to me? Like even speaking Spanish, like when I was around four or five mm-hmm you stop doing it because of yeah. criticism from other people. From other
2: people and I felt like, a, you know, you will fit in,
1: in the group of,
2: you know, And then people, would, and then people
1: would voice, you know, yeah. their thing like, you know, she uses too many Spanish, Spanish words. Spanish words or, you know,
2: and that's what I, I, I stopped speaking, you know, Spanish with you
1: yeah. for a while. For a very long time. Yeah. It hasn't only, it's only been recently revised in the past four or five four years. Four or
2: five years, yeah. You know, yeah, I I agree with Emelda. You know, mm-hmm. that that's that's how you feel. You know, mm-hmm. like, a, you, why why should I give up my uh, my identity? You know, my my culture, my uh, my, 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 my 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 language, mm-hmm. and everything. Yes, I want to learn English, but at the same time, I I want to I want to keep that in me. You know, right, you know, right,
1: maybe. and then, and then of course, like, there's there's always people who are subtly discriminatory against people who speak English with accents, as she had pointed yes. out. And yes, I think you, do. you, you have really dealt with that so much from people. They claim oh, yeah. that they don't understand you, yeah. you know, um, if you want to like expand on that.
2: Yeah. For example, uh, two, or three years ago, you remember what happened? Right.
1: Right. That uh, person had yeah, called. That person
2: called and, and I, and I, and I took the message mm-hmm. and I said, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I told her what, mm-hmm. what was going on, and she said, "Oh, I better call later because I don't, I don't understand your accent." And she hung up. Oh my god! I feel really. Uh, I feel like I, I was a dumb and
1: stupid, and mm-hmm. you know, right? It made you feel that way. It, it does. You know, that sort of that sort of discriminatory thing against mm-hmm. accents. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly when making that kind of judgment on yeah. a person that mm-hmm. you know intelligence is based on something so superficial as that. Yeah. when someone has you know you know what I mean, just making those assumptions is mm-hmm. it, it's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, it truly is. And you, because you don't feel- know the depth of that person. Mm-hmm. you know, for example, you are very much a mathematical, mechanical oh, yeah. prowess, yeah. you yeah. know. I love math, you know that. Of course you do. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, you know, things of that nature And it, it, it's just it's just it, it's how do I say it's I, I think it I think it just shows a lot of um, sad ignorance it's on people's one. yeah on people's part. Yeah. It does.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of problems with, you know, discrimination and there's so many angles to see it. Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. We'll never stop unpacking it. There's so many layers to it.
1: Yes, Ooh. yes there is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So, would you like to expand on how you feel about Sam's work, Sam's story? Like do you feel like you can relate a lot oh, to the- I I Amanda,
2: I I've been reading just a few uh, pages. Yes. pages of it and I feel so related to to him and his parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Because uh I wish I could do what what that
1: what Sam, what, what Sam's Sam, dad
2: Sam's daddy did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not to change your name and everything, you know. But you know, his mom has to do it, you know. No, his, his mom didn't. She didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She right. didn't do it. Right. Well What I'm trying to say is that uh, I, I feel related to it because you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's how it is when you come to to America. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you don't know what to do.
1: You know, you just yeah. You know, it's sort of um as the old saying says, water cut stone, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, what I aim to do with Sam in New York is basically create a counter narrative to what we usually see in the media, especially, you know i am not from america i've never lived in america but unfortunately i did do the ap exams and it's based on american curriculum so i had to read a story called the joy luck club (laughs) which i've talked to teresa about a number of times (laughs) i think it is it basically is basically to me at least it summarizes a lot of things that i don't like to see in these kind of narratives about, quote-unquote, diversity, because it's not diverse, because all of them are the same. So basically, it's about an immigrant family, and the immigrant mothers and the daughters don't get along because the daughters are all really Americanized, while the the mothers are, quote-unquote, regressive. They have regressive values because they're from another country. And, you know, they don't speak good English. They have broken English, while the daughters, you know, they only know English very well. Like, they have broken like they' they can't really speak to their mothers properly because of the language barrier between the two. And basically, all four of the daughters, I think, or most of them, choose to marry white, um rich American guys. right? So it's basically this idea of like second generation just becomes totally against what the first generation really first generation stands for, like culturally, linguistically, and even in choosing to get married to like the whitest, they were all blonde, by the way, <laughs> I think. blonde rich white republican guys like I'm just like okay that's kind of weird I mean there's there's no diversity like why can't they marry like a black guy or anyone else I mean America Mm -hmm. is full of diversity why does it only have to be that specific demographic so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of books out there like this I mean I don't really remember all the details of Joy Luck Club so I might have gotten it wrong but the general idea is that You know, it's always assumed that the immigrant kids will have to become really Americanized. And there isn't a single kid, because there's four of them, who wants to stand against it. So I wanted to present a character in the character of Sam who stands against it. You know, he is second generation. He was born in the U.S. But unlike these characters that I keep on seeing, he doesn't want to be 100% white American, Republican, whatever, right? Like he wants Mm -hmm. to be himself and that happens to not be like that. He wants to speak Yiddish. He wants to be part of Yiddish theater. He doesn't want to become quote unquote just a typical white American. Because what happened Mm -hmm. in the early 20th century with a lot of quote white immigrants from Eastern Europe and Southern Europe was that after they lost their language, they still had their ethnic last name Like, you know, you get these people with Polish last names that are unpronounceable, but they can't even pronounce it themselves because they lost the language, right? And I I think it's really sad. Yeah. And I read this thing where there was one person who was Russian descent in America but you know how like she's a woman but like in in Russian and your last name depends on your gender right because if you're a woman it'll be like Lestinkova for example or Mm -hmm. like if you're male you're Lestinkov but she didn't know that so like she's called like Anna Lestinkov or something and a lot of Russians were confused when they saw her on television they're like if you're a woman why would you be called Lestinkov but the point was that she's American and she's you know she has the ethnic last name, but she just lost the culture associated with it and what happened to a lot of ethnic whites in America and ethnic whites is the name that they gave these immigrants from Eastern Europe and southern Europe because they weren't wasp they weren't you know Western European, so they were considered ethnic so these people just basically lost all of their culture because you know they they there were these stereotypes against Slavic people. There were these stereotypes against people from Southern Europe. You know, they're all peasants. They, they, they don't know how to read properly. They're like hotheads. You know, they're involved in crime. So with all these negative stereotypes in the media, of course, people will get pushed to just become generic white bread Americans. And it's sad because, you know, a lot of people just end up kind of hating a part of themselves. And that's the pain of it. And I think it's really bad, especially for the older generations to see their kids doing this because, you know, a lot of these older people tried to get these people interested in their own culture, but they're like, oh, I can't because, you know, the media and all of these horrible influences that make people just kind of break down between the generations.
1: That's, that's very true. You, you sort of feel that like, I remember you were telling me about how you feel that way, that it, you sort of feel pressured to almost hate what you are, a part of what you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you almost feel like you have to lie. Like, yeah, you know, would you like to relate on that? You
2: almost, you know, that was, you almost, you know, hate to, the way you look. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you just went, oh, well, why don't have a white skin or mm-hmm. the blonde hair, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then also, too, like, you're you're almost ashamed to tell where you're from. Yeah. I, I remember you were telling me to tell people that you were from Argentina. Yeah, somewhere, because
2: if I say Honduras, they're going to think that, you know, Yeah, I am illegal or something, you know. It's, you it's know, it is very hard,
1: you know. It, it is, you know. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: yeah well thank you so much for coming on today you know we learned so much about your experiences Claudia thank you so much for sharing and thank you for supporting my work and Teresa thank you for asking these amazing questions
1: oh you're very welcome I was very Mm -hmm. honored to have her on here I'm very honored that you asked her to be on here and we were both very honored to you know share these um, experiences and how they relate to Sam and that it's pretty much a timeless struggle. I mean, I think even, who knows, maybe even a hundred years into the future, we
0: may still be contending with these issues. Who knows, you Mm -hmm. know? That's terrible. I really hope it changes soon. (laughs) I hope it doesn't last for another hundred years. (laughs) Oh, I certainly hope not
1: either. Hopefully we will evolve. Humanity must evolve, so, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amanda.
2: Thank you so much, Claudia. (laughs) thank you. (laughs) All right. See you. See you. Bye. Bye.